Arizona's Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling. I don't really know where to start. This week has been the most stressful, upsetting, exhausting, and I can't believe I'm saying this, frightening week I think I've ever lived through. So, the landlord, hereafter known as one of the worst humans I have ever met, followed through with his threat of a lawsuit. Well, sort of. We had a detailed cease and desist diatribe, accusing us (laughs) of libel and substantial business loss because apparently that woman at the door who witnessed him screaming abuse at Dave was all ready to buy the house until Dave called him a bully and such a lot of legal speak unpleasant guff that it would actually be funny if it just wasn't so insidious. There were demands of paying him thousands of dollars within seven days or huge lawsuits would be launched. Just hateful, hateful, hateful stuff. The text then started. More viewings over the next few days. More reminders. He could come whenever he wanted and he was doing us a favour, he said, by even telling us when he'd booked viewings in. I mean, clearly not true and more bullying. And, you know, I just wanted to leave, which is, of course, exactly what he wanted, knowing that we've paid up until June 30th. But he had only just got started, little did we know. On Friday morning, we felt exhausted from lack of sleep, depressed as to why someone would be so unnecessarily aggressive, and a bit helpless, really, of what to do. The landscapers had woken us up at 5.30am and how ironic, we thought. They've only ever been four times in a whole year, despite him telling us that the service was monthly. Another complete up yours from the evil one. The pool man had also come chatting and fussing the dog as usual. It was a fairly nondescript morning apart from the massive elephant in the room of the psychotic homeowner. About 11 o'clock, the washing machine had just finished and we were about to hang all the washing outside when it arrived. Another legally filed cease and desist. So insane. I'm not sure if it was a masterstroke of bullying or whether he has actually completely lost the plot. In a nutshell, it accused us of harassment, saying that that very morning we had both verbally and, get this, physically assaulted the landscapers and the pool man. Yep, I've got a right hook like Floyd Mayweather, don't you know? Such was the ferocity of our attack that apparently all these contractors refused to ever come back to the house as they were so afraid of us. It demanded $10,000 immediate compensation. It also, as a side note, accused us of criminal damage to the property. I mean, what? Then on a whole next level of crazy, there were details of our bodily threats against him and his family. Apparently we'd called him, our identities verified by bystanders and detailed how we were going to do him in. You've threatened to harm me and my family, it continued. I have witnesses who corroborate these threats. And get ready for this punchline. I must let it be known to you that under Arizona state law, I carry a gun at all times. And as the law supports... If I feel threatened by you again, I will not hesitate to use lethal force against you. 
So my brain took a minute to catch up on all of this. This man, furious with us for daring to stand up to him, has just sent us another cease and desist, accusing us of physical violent assault, accusing us of threatening him and his family with specific actual physical harm, of which he has witnesses, he says, and making it very clear that he carries a gun and would defend himself if he felt threatened by us again, wherever he saw us. This man had keys to my house. This man had severally and could again turn up at my home unannounced where he would, quote, defend himself and use lethal force against us. After all, he's told his lawyer we have already threatened him. There aren't any words, are there? My immediate overwhelming instinct was, I just need to get the girls out of here now. In what was the most surreal few minutes of my life, I managed to call the police, call a friend, pack bags for both the girls and put them in the car. And I don't know if it was the already heightened tension caused by lockdown from an actual pandemic, because, yep, that stuff of movies is still a reality. Or the fact the city had erupted in looting and protests just miles from our house in recent days. But I felt like I was living in a film. As I kissed my girls goodbye, my eyes scanning the street for his approaching car, I actually thought, I've got no idea what might happen here. Based on the madness of the last few months, I don't even know what is plausible or not anymore. I really remember thinking, what if he shows up, gets out his gun in a fit of rage? What if my girls never see their parents again? Police showed up within minutes, took our statements and said, look, get out of here. And I'm so thankful for this. They also said, we will stay with you for as long as it takes to pack your bags. Of course, they hadn't received any reports of any alleged threats that we'd handed out because, well, they're all made up. But Pat, we did, throwing random things into bags, not knowing what was essential or not anymore, feeling like we were in a dream and in a nightmare, walking through treacle. At the same time, as just wanting to get out of that house now. Now, I don't know if you've ever been actually scared in a very real way, and I really hope you haven't, but I remember <laughs> screaming when the doorbell went. I mean, it was another friend who had come to help us out, but I don't think my heart rate slowed down for ages. We literally fled that house with a bunch of suitcases, one stressed out dog and two furious cats on Friday morning. And I still don't really know if I'm devastated or frightened or angry or disappointed or all of those things. What I do know is that in a week in which we've seen protests erupt across the USA and Europe, with people in their millions rising up to march against the disgusting and heartbreaking murder of George Floyd, and to shine a light on the hideous inequalities that people of colour face every single day in our societies, it would be remiss of me to say that even in the darkest of times this week, I just kept thinking, how lucky am I? The police believed me, they protected me, I cannot imagine how even more terrifying it would have been had they not. I want to talk about the next couple of days, though, in a in a really positive way. Within minutes of us leaving, our friend Brian, who we met by chance on a walk a week after we moved here, Brian, who came originally from Manchester, gave us a place to stay, a place I could put my girls to bed and not feel afraid. I've already told him, but I'm saying it now. You will never know how much that means to us. When you're afraid to stay where you live, having somewhere to go with your children is the greatest gift you can have. Thank you. To Alan and Jeannie, who we met in a dog park in June last year, 
who also offered us somewhere to stay, who went back to the house with Dave to pick more stuff up, who called the police when the landlord showed up after promising the cops he would stay away, who ordered food in for us and looked after the girls when we went to register at the court for harassment. Thank you. To Will, who we got chatting to in a curry house last September, who gave up his time to come and help us pack in ridiculous summer temperatures. Thank you. And to our friend Coz too, who also offered to get our stuff out on Sundays. I was too afraid to go back to the house alone, even with Dave. Within one minute of us arriving though, the landlord showed up in his car and did a slow drive round the cul-de-sac. Another visit to the police station. Ugh. What's been incredible is that in the face of overwhelming wickedness, we've seen overwhelming good. Every single other person we've met since being here has gone out of their way to help us. I'd be lying if I didn't admit I just wanted to get my girls and get on a plane to England for much of the week. I've never felt fear like this before. But I've also never felt so much love. (laughs) There's loads more I could share, like the attorney who basically told us his threats were free speech under the American Constitution. Not a lot we could do about the accusations, but let's look forward. On Tuesday morning, after approximately 12 hours combined sleep in about four days, I picked up a 26-foot truck from the rental firm, not really realising how massive a 26-foot truck is until I saw it. Could I really drive this without a special licence? Yeah, apparently. So drive it I did straight into a contraflow system on a freeway. Thanks so much for that roadwork, gods. I don't know what the particular trigger was because everything in the last week has pretty much brought me to my knees, but I started sobbing at the wheel as I drove down North Scottsdale Road towards the house. Stopping at a red light, I felt someone looking at me and I peered left to see the driver of another truck stopped in the lane next to me, staring at a crying middle-aged woman at the wheel of a massive wagon. As we pulled off, I thought, I wonder what story he's constructing about what's led me to this moment. And then it struck me. Wait a minute. This is my story. I will be the one who writes it. So my story is that in the face of a horrible threat that was not our fault, Dave and I kept our girls safe. We are lucky enough to have incredible friends who helped us more than I could ever imagine. Yep, it has cost us so much money. But I'm smart. I'll make that money back. I will find a way. And we're not alone. Of course, Phoenix was experiencing excessive heat, (laughs) about 45 degrees, just as we cleared the house and packed the van, our army of friends supporting us. We kept burning ourselves on the metal side of the truck as it got so hot. But we did it. And I set off to go and park up in the property of a work colleague of Dave's who's got an acre of land out in the middle of the desert. Again, feeling like I was in a film. Madness. Remember when I used to live in suburbia and work on the radio? Man alive. That life seems so long ago. Trundling up the highway, the truck then decided to overheat and I am not ashamed to say I totally lost it. If you think of Basil Fawlty hitting his car with a tree branch, that was my level of rage at that bloody vehicle. But I got there in the end. Is it over with the psycho landlord? Who knows? Lawyers we've spoken to say he clearly doesn't have a case, but then he's clearly not a normal person. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about America right now. 
It's been a wild week for so, so many reasons. In fact, least of all what's happened to my family. What I do know, though, is that people generally are amazing. And for that, I'm so thankful. So, at the wheel of my 26-foot truck, I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 